In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God warns his people that before they enter the land of milk and honey, they should be diligent in ensuring that they and their future generations do not forget the Lord who saved them from the burden of slavery, provided food and water in their lack, and who protected them in their vulnerability in the wilderness. That same warning echoes to believers today because sometimes we allow ourselves to get distracted with the cares of the world and the stability we have in our lives, and so we might forget the Lord. We forget that God in everything comes first. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avon and Alex. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Paradigm Switch. I am one of your co-hosts, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And we have an exciting episode today. But before we get into it, please remember that you should follow us on Facebook, Instagram, like, follow, and share. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with your church members, share with anybody that you know who would enjoy listening to our conversations. And so, Alex, how's things going on in your life before we just jump into our topic? Tell, give us an update what's going on in your life. How do you feel? I am doing well. Um, there is, you know, maybe a bit of change that might be coming that I can share more about in the coming days and weeks. Um, there's still some things that I am working out at the moment, but when those things fall into place, uh, we can talk about it then. All right. How about you? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, I don't know if I shared with you, I will not be fighting in this upcoming March so um, mm -hmm. end of March, uh, they did not find an opponent for me, but which is nice. I will be helping my teammates get get ready for their fight, like a uh, cornerman and like warming up with them. So that's always nice to be included still in the, in the, how do you say it? In the festivities of getting ready for a fight. And actually one of my teammates who's doing a title fight or going for the belt, he personally asked that I be his cornerman because he's like, I feel comfortable when you're there. Like it gives me, um, oh, nice. Yeah, it gives me comfort knowing like you're there and like helps me like stay encouraged, um, and everything. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's the God in me that brings the peace, but it was nice to you know to hear that and everything. Yeah. You know, so that that made me feel. And that 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 means though that you like dieted all of that time and, and maybe not for for not maybe. <laughs> no. it's okay it, i mean it's the risk that happens even high professional fighters they go through that they'll like diet and go through hard training and then like the week of the fight someone got covid or someone got hurt or something happened that they're dropping out of the fight which is frustrating um and everything and actually don't worry too much about my weight because so not to put my business well i'm just gonna put my business out there i was i was trying to fight <laughs> i was trying to fight 100 at the 145 level Usually I fight at 155, so I was trying to go to a new level at 145. And so maybe two weeks ago, I was just trying to see where I was at, and I've been dieting and everything properly. And you won't believe how much I weighed. I weighed 175. That would have been a yeah, I remember 30-pound that. That cut, which is not – it's just ridiculous to do within a short period of time. That is ridiculous. I know some fighters do it, but that's just not my method. Usually when I'm cutting weight, I like to get within 10 – maybe 13 pounds um, in range of my target weight and then do the whole water weight cut within eight days, like that whole harsh process. I cannot imagine doing it with like a high number, like being at 175. That that to me is just crazy. And I don't think I would be at full strength. And I just felt like, mm, we'll try again in May. We're not going to do it this time. We'll try again in May. So it's all good. Seems like a wise decision. Exactly. And, you know, I can't have anything risk my perfect record. So I got to make sure <laughs> I'm strong and I make sure I'm healthy. I'm making sure everything's going well. But outside of that, everything's going well. Work is good. Um, I got blessed where I got a bonus. So that was really nice that I, you know, that happened. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. I got a bonus. Um, I'm learning some IT stuff to hopefully move up and move into different 
um, aspects of careers and stuff. So just trying to stay focused on the goal and all that kind of stuff. So life is going good. Try to focus on the positive in the chaos of the world going on. And there is a lot of chaos in this world. Despite the gas prices. Uh, don't remind me. Those have been brutal. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I, my last time I went to go um, fill up my gas tank and I ride my gas to like 23 miles left in the tank. Like I ride it all the way down. I had to pay $46 to fill up my gas tank when usually it would be about $28. So it was a shock. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, so... But anyways, our topic today is talking about how to keep God first, not forgetting God, or just on the topic of what is the kind of Christian priority. And I just kind of want to give a background history of the Deuteronomy reference that Alex spoke in the beginning. And in the beginning, you know, this is when Moses is telling the children of Israel before they enter into the promised land, into that good land of milk and honey into their rest or into the territory that God had promised them not to forget them, not to forget him, not to forget the relationship they had with him, not to forget um, him as a person and his involvement in their lives and that they are to serve him and to keep him first. And so this is kind of the background mindset that was going on, that it was a warning of not to forget him. This, I believe, is a concept that as new believers, we must keep as well of forgetting God or forgetting to keep him first as a number one priority in our life. So I just want to first want to define what a priority means. Priority means highest or higher in importance, rank, and privilege. And I found this interesting article um, called on this blog called The Blissful Mind. And I'm not going to read it all. And this person, let me get the person's name so I can properly... Cite it. Thank God I am not back in school because I don't think I can remember how to cite things properly. Um, this... well, as a scientist, I have to cite things properly all the time, so I've got us covered. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I, I don't think I could go back to school because that always used to stress me out. But this is on this young lady's <laughs> blog. Um, her name is Catherine Beard, and this is from April 29th, 29th in 2018. Um, even though it's a little older, but I feel like what she wrote on priorities is still kind of um, important. It's not so much a Christian um, blog, but I just ran into this in getting prepared for this episode. And I'm just going to read a little bit of what she said. Our priorities are the areas of our lives that are meaningful and important to us. They're usually activities, practices, or relationships that we want to put genuine effort and time into. Priorities imply that a hierarchy can be followed for different areas of your life and or work. Rather than feeling like everything is important, priorities help you choose what you need to focus on first. When I figured out my top priorities, it helped me realize that I don't have to do everything. Now, when I want to tell someone no, it's much easier to say, that isn't one of my priorities right now. I don't feel guilty for saying no, and it doesn't feel like I'm making excuses to get out of something. Instead of contradicting myself about prioritizing something one day and something else the other, I could finally be more disciplined with my time. And I really like this article because it really, she really talks about how to prioritize and that when you prioritize the things that are most important in life, it helps you stay focused. It helps you stay balanced in your life. It helps you save time, save energy, and everything like that. So what are some of the people, what are some people's, Priorities. What are the priorities that people have in life? I think if you talk to most people, well, I don't know most people, but if you talk to, I think a lot of people around where we live, you're, you're going to hear something about uh, work is a priority or family is a priority or making money is a priority or having these nice vacations is a priority or like saving money to achieve something, buying a house, very materialistic things, mm -hmm. I think, uh, in this area. But then I mean, you'll, you'll find people, like I said, though, family's a priority, which, you know, that's important. And then you'll meet believers also who say that God is their priority. And that's, you know, what we're going to talk about more as this episode exactly. goes on, I think. You know, for me in my group, that's interesting that you said more materialistic things. In my circle or group, when I think about it, most people say for their priority is morally themselves. 
more of like my pleasure, what I want, you know, going on vacation mm. or doing something where I enjoy something that makes me happy. So their priority is really themselves, not their family, not their um, parents, not their, you know, loved ones or anything like that. It's always about them. It seems like in my circle, people's priority is more about themselves. And so here's some questions I have for our audience for you just to think about. They're, they're kind of rhetorical. Um, some of them are. But something I just made, just I just put down in my note taking when I was writing this episode is who or what comes first in your lives when you wake up every morning? What is the first? What are the first thoughts that race in your mind as you prepare for the day? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? And this is more for the Christian audience right here of how serious are you in obeying, working, completing the work God has told you. And the last one. Truly look at yourself and be honest. Is God truly, number one, is the number one priority in your life? Are you really following Christ as your Lord, or you hope to bring him along more as a good luck charm? Now, Alex, what does commitment to the Lord mean to you? So I know a lot of people will say this means surrender, which I think is super cliche. (laughs) So to me, what commitment to the Lord means is just following his word and seeking his direction in my life and ensuring that my choices are the ones that would honor him and and just you know bringing the gospel to those he he brings into my path and and gives me that nudge when it's a good time to to share the word and and i think you know just basically doing my best to to follow him in, in all aspects of my life. That's what commitment to him means to me. Yeah. How about you? I agree with that um, as well, that, you know, following and focusing on his word and, you know, letting him take first. And I guess the question is, how do we, at least for me, when I think of commitment, I think that I make God my number one priority in the sense of whenever, like, my church work comes first, my um oh, like my my studying of the word comes first my praying comes first above anything and everything else and i think that becomes the hard part is how do i balance all the busyness that's going on in the world and keep god first and some people even might might even think that's not even possible but it is possible yeah there can be some people who who think that might not be possible so you know hopefully we will address later on how exactly we do this yeah so and first you know Going back, you know, I'm actually pulling from my communications minor, which I don't pull too, too much from. Um, in the Western world, it's more described as an individualistic culture in that we seek for ourselves and we seek for how to individually, you know, express and get things for ourselves. But I think when we come into the kingdom of God, we have to change our mentality just a little bit. Um, you know, th- stop thinking about ourselves because the kingdom is not so much run on you individually it's run on thinking about the will of the king and the will the purpose of what the leader wants and now that we're in the kingdom of god that is jesus christ he is the lord so our mind and our focus for every day should be focused zeroing in on what does the lord want for me for today not so much of everything about me and achieving my goals but what is what is the lord's will for me to achieve and to do this day, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some people just think God just wants them to go to church and that's his will. Just go to church or maybe go to a Bible study. But God wants has a purpose and a plan for us to do something every single day of our lives. And so and don't focus on the fact that he has a plan and there are purposes for our lives every single day of our life. So what do you think about that of not being so individually, uh, individualistically minded? Oh, I mean, uh, so I think this is a little bit, uh, it can be challenging, right? Because it's true that we do have at the end of the day, the need to follow God's will. But I don't think that that means giving up on everything that makes you individual. And what I mean by this is what your will and what, what you want to do and what your dreams are, they can align with God's purpose for you. And I think he does give you freedom to take your own initiative on things in many cases. Uh, and examples of this would be trying to open a business or deciding to write a book or go into art and, and like make a painting or something. Uh, it, it could be playing, mean playing sports or, or choosing your career path. And, and I think uh, at least uh, for me, you know, I, I certainly 
was given those choices, right? In my past, like I, I was able to pretty much choose the career path that I wanted to to go down and, and God has blessed that. And then once I made that decision, you know, then he lined up a certain way for me to go after that, which I had to follow. But I, I don't think, you know, you have to necessarily just give up on all of the dreams you want. I think that God can work in tandem with you. And, and yes, you know, sometimes God does direct people specifically to do certain things. And, and go into certain careers. And if you do get that call, it is incumbent upon you to listen. But I think other times he will work with you regardless of what you choose, because he knows what you're going to choose already. Uh, and even if you make a wrong choice, and, and I know people, Christians who walk with God, who have chosen paths that did not seem to be in alignment with his will, at least based on my perspective. And despite this, you know, there seemed to be some some trouble in those individuals' lives, but in the end, at least initially, and I attribute that to this not being the right path, but then things have worked out anyways for that individual, and it's, it's still clear that maybe them going down this path, which wasn't quite the right one, God is still with them anyways, and God still uh, allows them uh, to do well in that particular path. So I... I just think we, we should be a little bit cautious about trying to say, oh, you have to sacrifice all of your individuality and, and everything and, and be a, uh, basically a slave. I, I just think that that's an unfortunate way to, to see all of this. And, and it's more like, you know, God does allow you to make choices uh, and, and he will walk with you. But if he does nudge you in that different direction because he knows better than you and has your best interests at heart, you do need to, to follow that. But not yeah. everybody has got to give up everything. No, I wouldn't say so much that we need to be slaves. And let me just give a little caveat. What brought this episode on was a conversation I had with a fellow believer offline, and we were just talking kind of like about doing life with God and how to keep God first in our lives. And I wouldn't say so much it got heated, but it was interesting to hear things kind of from um, a different point of view. But what I got from that conversation with him is the fact of he makes decisions and not even includes God. He makes decisions ah. and he will be like, I'm moving X, Y, and Z. I'm switching this job. I want to do this and I want to do that. Never prays about it and never, you know, seeks what's the will of the Lord. And so to me, that's where I think we have, uh, us as Christians need to be mindful of, we should not have that mentality in the sense of, I can do whatever I want and not, not feel as though I need the Holy Ghost to give me permission or guidance, if that makes sense. I feel as though in my walk with Christ, I have always in every decision involved God in everything. I've involved God in picking a college. I've involved God in picking jobs. I've involved God in doing different moves and different um, things that I should do. I've even, like I've mentioned before, I involved God in picking a new gym that would be good for me. Um, I looked at other gyms and I felt that God led me to the one I'm at now. So I've involved God in every single aspect of my of my life because I know, I don't know, I, I've, I've talked to Alex about this offline. I wouldn't say so much as the fear but it's just something I'm always mindful of. I'm I'm just always cautious of not being outside the will of God. I'm always wanting to let make me, sure. Me... Sorry, sorry, go on. No, I'm saying I'm not always cautious not to, not to not to be outside the will of God. So that's why I'm always trying to say like I'm not going to forget God because I don't want to get to a place where I'm so far down the road or I'm so far like over here that I'm way away from my purpose that God has for me, that I've just totally just missed out on the best that God has for me. So I, I think this is an interesting conversation and at the risk of maybe taking this episode a, a little bit of a different direction than we That's maybe fine. planned. But I, I'm curious because I think I can kind of see where your friend is coming from, who you're discussing this with, because the, the question becomes... If a person is making these decisions and, and they they don't really pray about it, they just do it, but are they committing sins by doing these types of things? Like, uh, you know, if, if they choose to apply for some jobs and, 
You know, they don't like where they're at currently, and then they get a cool sounding job. They have to move to Texas, and, and so they just do it. I mean, it's an, it's an impulsive, yes, it could be considered that way, but is it really sinful to make choices like that? Because again, God gives us free will, and so are, are they really committing this wrongdoing against God by, you know, just being a little bit impulsive in, in their decisions? Because I think it's different if you you know, make a decision that leads to some sin, like you, you know, go to some party and then you're starting to drink and then you end up in bed with somebody. Obviously, that would not be the right thing to do and that would be wrong. But if you decide to go to Texas and you've got a good job offer and you, you know, maybe get better salary, better benefits and a better locale to live in and all the rest of that, and you mm -hmm. just, you go... I just I don't know if that's sinful. I get I get your point of view though too because that's the one I share and that's like I want to consult with God because I think when I make decisions and don't consult him especially these big life-changing ones, you know, it can be it can be easy to make a, a choice that maybe it might not be a wrong choice but it might not be the best choice and so there might be some issues that happen because of that that could otherwise be avoided by just consulting with god and making a decision with him but i don't i don't know if it's necessarily sinful you know what i'm saying like i i can see both sides of this no i see what you're saying and i'm not trying i don't know <laughs> a part of me feels that if you're not if you are a christian and you're just making decisions and you're not involving god i don't know i'm not saying it's biblical but i don't know even just feels that it might be sin because i don't know that's just Avon's feeling, but oh man, oh man, <laughs> that's just Avon's feeling. Not saying it's biblical because I don't have a scripture to back that up, but I just feel as though let's, uh, let's open the comment section and see <laughs> what do the listeners think about this because this is a it's an interesting question. I just I just feel like my whole life I've always really gone off the scripture, and I think I have it in my notes. Here it is from First Samuel. 230 those who honor me i will honor and that is a pro i feel as though that that's what god said in um first samuel let me go back first samuel 230 that those who honor me i will honor and to me what that says to me those who always focus on me think about me put me first um let me lead and not not only that but let me let let my role and like God's position of being king of the universe, let me have that role and be that position in your life. If you honor me, I will honor you, you know, as you respect my place. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a lack of a better term, kind of like in a like a like a manager employee kind of situation. Respect the manager and the manager will respect you as the employee kind of thing. And so that's always been kind of my mindset of if I, I should I, I should honor God in his role of he knows everything. He created me. I should honor him as Lord of my life to lead and guide me every single day of my life. So when I make decisions, I do pray and I do seek for God to lead me. I'm not saying every decision in the sense of should I wear my blue pants or my green pants, nothing like that. But I'm talking in the sense of like making decisions of, oh, God, I really want to join this club. Do I really should this is the best thing? Because God sees the bigger picture. And actually, God could solve or help you down the line of wasting time. And you never know what certain decisions might lead you into later on. And the thing that gets me and I think about is kind of Abraham. If Abraham would have went to God to say, huh, should I go into Hagar? And is this the way? that you're looking to create a child, you know, in this family or have a seed through Hagar, he would have saved him and Sarah and Hagar so many problems and so much headache, you know, with the whole problem that Ishmael brought and the tension that brought, if he would have just went to him and then sought his will. And so th that's how I see it. That's a good point. Uh, that is a good point. And again, this is how I see it too. But from the people on the other side of this debate, you know, if they, they look at that passage in First Samuel or uh, two thirty. Those who honor me, I will honor. I think they probably look at that and say, you know, as as long as I am not in acting in sinful behavior and 
opposition to the commands that God gives, then that's what they consider to be honoring God in their in their decisions. Is that like they they are not you know having sexual immorality. They are not messing up their body with with drugs or polluting that or something. They're not stealing. You know those are expressions of honor to God. I think that that we would both agree on that. And so I think maybe they they look at it in that sense. And, and say, I have free will uh, to, to make these choices, and God is going to work it out some, uh, because he knows what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how they look at it. I don't know. I get it. And you know, the purpose of our show is that we're pushing, we're hoping that this pushes Christians to go to a higher level of maturity. And I feel as though this speaks to a level of maturity of walking with God. I feel like as you become more mature in him, you will see the importance of having him involved in every aspect of your life. Yes. And I so um maybe it is just more of a newbie <laughs> a newbie kind of action because like that same friend of mine like, you know, he 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 will do things, you know, he I don't know how you'll feel about this when I tell you. He'll do things such things in the sense of like he'll like skip church to like go hiking or he'll be like, Oh, my friends and I want to go hiking or um, I'm going to skip Bible studies so I can go do this with a friend or go on a date or I will skip to go on this vacation and stuff. And you know, vacation is fine and everything, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, you're going to, you're going to skip, you're going to skip Bible study to go on a date. Like you couldn't rearrange that. That's what I'm saying. Like keeping God first as a priority, his word as a priority, mm-hmm. not so much that you're just bringing him along through life as a good luck charm that, Oh, bless me in whatever decisions I make. Because that's what it seems like he kind of does in a sense of like. Oh uh, yeah, I mean there clearly there there's a line there if if that uh, to me anyway if that's what somebody is doing I th- I think it's one thing to just like decide oh I'm gonna move and I'm gonna get a new job and and go somewhere it's quite another to skip out on the time to to be communing with God in His house uh, to go and do something that has to do with the world's pleasure that that would be a different beast i think mm-hmm. uh, i look at those two kinds of scenarios very differently i guess yeah I, I i mean it's an interesting thing to think about me personally i'm on the side of i don't want to waste time I and mean, i think that's what the thing is like you know i just don't want to waste time i don't want to go down the wrong trail or the wrong route or anything and i feel like in my life i've always i've always been taught that growing up to always seek the lord seek direction for every decision i want to yeah, make me, me too so that's always just been my mindset and my practice in my walk with Christ of just always having that mindset of like I need to involve him in everything. But that was a little that was a good um little side trail to bring up. But let's jump into kind of like how do I not forget about the Lord or how to keep him first in my life, um everything like that. And first thing I want to say is kind of describe kind of my upbringing and how like how we were taught to like bring God first in our lives. Uh, Because I think it's important to share kind of like our testimony and our example. You know, um, growing up, if people don't remember, I grew up as a pastor's kid. And so my life was always, um, we kept God first in any and everything. I mean, as soon as we woke up um, for school, my mom would always give us devotional. We would have like moments of studying um, um, the Bible, like 20, 25 minutes every morning so that we would get some kind of spiritual knowledge in us, you know, learning about God, focusing on God. So our mind is on God. And then we would pray together and then we would go off to school. And then that would be our regular routine Monday through Friday of focusing on God, putting him first. And then involved with that, every church work would take priority over any and everything. And then my parents showed us in doing church work, you would always be committed. You would do it with the best of your ability. You would do it with excellence. You don't have to do it. You show up on time. You be diligent. Don't make excuses and all these kind of stuff. And so that was always my upbringing and just the mindset of any church work you got to do. You're doing it unto God because in the end, God is watching you, you know. And you're doing, I mean, you're doing it for the king of the universe. You really don't want to be half doing something (laughs) for the king of the universe. And then he's going to be like, you know, and then they always taught us that God sees your heart. So you have to do it with a, with a cheerful attitude. So that always took priority in our life. And so if it cost us not going to maybe a party because we had to do a function or keep our, 
our um, commitment for the church, that is what we had to sacrifice. We didn't go to the birthday party or if it cost us um, maybe not doing a certain activity because we had to do X, Y, and Z or missing out or something. That's just what it cost us. And so that is, to me, the picture of keeping God first, keeping his priority and his will before us, not just obeying laws. Most people just think, you know, obeying laws, you know, don't steal and this, this, and that. But no, like the church work is a part of keeping his priorities, keeping him first. So I don't know how you were raised in trying to keep God in number one in your life. What was the example or how was it practiced in your no, life? It, it, it's very similar to you, right? So you know, I was raised in, in the church and, and my parents are strong believers. And so they really instilled in, in my brother and I how we really need to be consulting the lord with our every decision we're going to make and that we need to be praying with him and and in his word and seeking his will for our lives and making sure that what we are doing is aligned with what he wants us to do and, and not to make those impulsive decisions that people can make because they have free will and yeah and and, and you know um having that time with him in his house that that was important you know uh, so we would have um, Bible stories read to us in the evenings when I was growing up and that we, we had um, one year where we read the Bible cover to cover. And so, you know, every evening before bed, we would go through the the reading for that night. And that's you know, really important. And, and it was instilled to make sure you have that time with God every night. Now I, I haven't kept to that perfectly throughout my life, but that is the, standard that i want to strive toward is being with god uh you know every day and, and having that time with him because that's really important mm -hmm. and um you know i i also think we we did try as a family to not do things that would interfere on sunday mornings when we would go to church now you know we are not in um leadership positions we're just lay people but you know, it's it's important to have that time in in God's house, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Sunday. I would say, you know, for a long time we we would attend a church on a Saturday night just because that aligned with our schedules better, and so that was the time we made for Him to to be worshiping with Him as opposed to Sunday morning. So, you know, I, I know that that actually can be a bit controversial in, I was in some gonna, circles I was, in, the, in the faith. I was actually going to say like. Cause I remember, I, know, I remember but... when we first met. You said you go to church on Saturdays. I was like, "Are you a uh, Seventh Day of Venice?" No. And, um, no. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because some people could see, could say, like, you know, you're not putting God first. You're scheduling God around your schedule. How do you feel about that? Because that's how some people might see it. You know, you don't do that well, now, but it... that was back then. But but if those people are going to say things like that, there's a reason why that my church decided to have a Saturday night service. And it's because they know that there are some opportunities that, that people's kids are going to get for travel sports and things that are Sunday. And so mm -hmm. the idea here is it it's not, it, instead of forcing people into making this choice, you know, are they going to put God or are they going to put their kids first? Because you, you and I, we don't have children. I don't know how that's going to play out. I can imagine you know, that that's probably a really difficult choice, even if maybe we think it shouldn't be. But I, I can imagine people will struggle with something like that. And so the idea was, well, OK, we can we can have a service on Saturday nights then. And that will allow, you know, people who might, you know, be busy to be in church, give them a chance to, to come. And so I think that doing an making accommodation like that, giving uh, times, you know, to allow people to, to go to a church. I, I think it's, it's helpful. It encourages more people to be coming to church, mm. encourages more people to be part of the faith. And so for, for those who say, Oh, this is sinful. And this is like people who are, you know, making God fit into their schedule instead of the other way around. And I, I just, I just don't, really agree with with that point of view i i think you know if the the whole point is you're working to make sure that you do find a time at some point to worship god and to me i i don't know if it has to be 
on a certain day at a certain time. Like that's almost kind of like putting a box around things, you know, and, it, and it's, it's like, really, we can worship him any, anytime we want. Anytime is good. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Or at least that's the way I look at things. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of comments about Alex, you're so off base, blah, 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 blah. But you know, that's, that's how I look at things. You know, I'm a little you know? torn because growing up, you know, I believe it was my sister. She wanted to do soccer. And I believe the the team wanted the team wanted to do it on Sundays, like involved practice on Sundays. And so my parents were just like, "No, we're not doing it on Sundays." And so that was that was kind of how I was raised. If anything was on Sundays, it just wasn't going to happen. So my sister didn't play soccer. And so, and I also know um, we've had members in the sense like they'll have like their children in different sports and activities, and they'll be gone like for the entire like you know season of the sport or whatever. And so when you were telling me about like not just here, but just conversations we've had off offline of the fact of like just creating that accommodation so people aren't feeling in a box, I was thinking of maybe is it like religious to say like, oh, it has to be on a Sunday kind of like thing? Is it a legalistic kind of fashion? I'm a little torn in the sense, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm a little torn. At first, I thought I had a confident answer, but listening to you now, I'm feeling a little. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I still believe the important lesson is to instill that your child needs to know that God comes first, because sometimes yes. the, the child is thinking like God is t takes a secondary seat. So currently, my yeah, church. No, at the and I, I would. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. You do instill that. So remember, even it's. It's you're still going to give up something of time, whether you're going to church on a Saturday evening. This could mean, well, I can't have date night on Saturday evening because I'm going to give that time to the Lord. Or it could be, you know, I I'm going to go Sunday and I'm just not going to do sports on Sundays because that's when when I'm going to give my time to the Lord. So that's that's how I look at this thing. You're you're still and, it, and it, you could even say, you know, there's churches that have services on Wednesdays now. So you could go to a Wednesday night service and make that the night that, that you give to the Lord and, and be like, so instead of, you know, going out with friends or instead of, you know, taking a class this evening, I'm going to be in the Lord's house and I'm going to be worshiping him. And that this is my time with him because, you know, this is where it all is going to, going to fit together, but you're still giving up something to mm -hmm. spend time with him, regardless of the day and time. At least that's what I think. No, I, I, I get that and everything. I think for me, it's just more of the making sure God is not taking the backseat priority. Yeah. So, so, oh, man, I wouldn't say you've totally changed my mind, but you have me thinking. So I, I don't I don't I don't know. I just know uh, I just know how I was raised. I was always raised. Sunday was the day. That is the day we go to church. And so. Anything that got in the way had to take the back seat because church came first, God came first, everything mm -hmm. like that. And like you said, you're going to have to make some sacrifice somewhere. And I think that's up to the individual yep. where they're going to have to make that sacrifice. I just think it's important for believers to have the mentality of making it because it's sad yeah, that I'm making I this agree. episode all around a conversation or a debate I had with a friend. But <laughs> from the conversation I had with my friend, he wasn't letting anything get in the way of what he wanted or anything. It was just like, I'll go to church when I feel like it. I'll do that when I get, when I, if I have a moment, I'll do it. Or if I have a free time, I'll do it. But any and everything I want to do, like I'm going to keep doing it and just kind of have the mentality yeah, of thinking no, God's just going to bless it and not really <sighs> keeping God first as a first priority. Of, yeah. And I think that's the warning that God gave them in Deuteronomy chapter eight. God was preparing the people before they entered into that, you know, promised land and everything, right? To get their priorities straight, that it was not about themselves. It was not about their children. It wasn't about their security, food, wealth, relationships, whatever. It was about making their priority number one to set the priority, as that article said, set in the hierarchy. So you know how to balance everything else. First, it has to be me, and Jesus even speaks to this in Matthew um, 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will all come together. And I think we need to make sure, you know, this is God. This is God who created life. This is God who created everything, telling us the first priority you need to do is to focus on me, seek me, and everything else that you're looking for is all going to naturally come to you as you set the priority and keep me first in your life 
and not, you know, stress going after food, relationships, all this other stuff. Just focus on me. Keep, you know, keep that the priority. And as you focus on me, all these things will just happen for you. Yeah. And I, I would say going back to what you said about it's when I, I'll go to church when I feel like it. That's the first step down the path to spiritual laziness. That certainly is not the right thing to do because it, it's a step for, well, I'll get to church sometime to, I don't go to church anymore to, well, what is the point of even this faith? God's in my heart. He's with me everywhere I go. Uh, that's a dangerous path, folks. Dangerous path. Exactly. So like we said, you need to keep God first, but getting back to how do I keep, how do I keep God first and not forget about him? which is to me the only th real kind of advice I can really give, in my opinion, at least this is how I live in thinking um, and making those hard decisions and trying to keep God first in my life is realizing life isn't about me. And I just, you know, it just came to me right now, and I wish I would have found the scripture for it, but it just came to me right now, you know, when God set up everything for the children of Israel, it wasn't about treating them as the special ones. It was about using them as an example so that the rest of the world would see what happens to a people when they come under his submission. That when they come under him as their leader, you know, come under God as their leader, and as their ruler, you know, they prosper, they succeed, they have security, they live in moral and moral high ground and all these good things. That's what God called the children of Israel out to be the shining light to the rest of the world. I wish I would have thought of this earlier so I could have found the scripture for it. But life isn't about us. Life is about fulfilling what God's will was, that God's will is for our lives. And I think about, to bring it in the New Testament, um, Galatians um, 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And, you know, Paul, he sacrificed a lot to, you know, focus on God. He sacrificed, you know, his high status as a Pharisee, his high status amongst, you know, the Jewish leaders. Um, I've heard some scholars say that Paul had a tent making business or something involving in tents or something. He had his, um, he was a very wealthy man apparently because he had dual citizenship, both as a Jew and as a Roman citizen. So Paul, oh, yeah, he was a Roman citizen. Yeah. So Paul sacrificed a lot and he even goes through in one of his books talking about everything he's gave up and calls it dung for the price of knowing Christ and being under his submission and everything. So that's the kind of mindset I have in keeping God first in everything that I do, that it's no longer about me. My life is no longer about me. My life is, I'm literally a living vessel, a living vessel for God to use to, to operate on this earth, to fulfill the purpose he wants to fulfill through me. And just having that mentality any and everywhere that I go. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree. I think, again, this is a, a mark of maturity in the faith. The more you're with God, the more that you're walking with him, the more you realize that life just works better when you're operating under his will and in his will, because from in Jeremiah, you know, 29, he, he wants what's best for us. So, yeah, you know, walking with him is going to lead us in that direction. Um, and I just want to remind people, though, you know, uh, when we 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 should still keep in mind that we can be walking with God and and our some of our desires there and the like providing a future for yourself for your family, those are not sinful. So I, I don't want anybody out there to think that if you have dreams and hopes and, and goals to to do well for your family that this is somehow not aligned with the will of god that's not the case in fact god commands that whatever we do for our career or how we work that we should work at it with all our heart because we are working for the lord in that place and that's what paul writes in colossians three twenty three. no so proverbs tells us no go on sorry hmm? no go on you finish the Proverbs also tells us that hard work brings a profit, which is good, while mere talk leads to poverty, which is not so good. And so I, I think, you know, it can be easy for us as believers to, to misalign people who want to go into businesses or want to do well to, to make the next generation better off than they were. And some, some believers will say this is sinful and you shouldn't, shouldn't do that. But, you know, that's not 
the case when you look at Colossians. It's not the case when you look at Proverbs. I don't think God is, he's not against you trying to build a good life for yourself and your family. But the key is that as you go in and do this, you need to remember him in the good times, which is how I read Deuteronomy 8, by the way, when I, when I was reading that. It was like uh, an, uh, a warning to the, the people that when they go in the promised land and things are, are blessed, don't forget what God brought them out of. Don't forget how he was with them through the wilderness and, and overcoming their enemies to be in the promised land uh, and that they should not forget their success is because of his blessing and, and the skills they gave him. And, and that's a lesson that is true today as believers. If we're successful in what we're working towards, it's only because of his goodwill, his blessing and the skills he gave us. And it is incumbent upon us as believers to never forget that because the moment we do, we let pride come in and that is sinful. No, I agree. And I, um, if that's the mess, I, I hope I didn't convey it like that and thinking like you just can't have any ambition and think everything is like, if it's not God oriented, it's bad. No, that's not my um, intention in saying that God wants us to be blessed. And I've actually told you this scripture that the Bible says no good thing will God withhold from um, his people mm-hmm and everything. God wants us to have good things and everything like that. And like you said, you know, when we get into that land of stability and things are going well for us, not to forget, you know, we still have to keep him first. And that's what the children of Israel did. You know, they, they've totally forgot about him and they just saw God more as a good luck charm of when they, (laughs) when they got into trouble and when they got into war that, oh, let me summon um, Jehovah so I can defeat my enemies. But no, if they would have stayed and abided with him, they would have never had those problems whatsoever. They would have they would have always stayed on top and never been imprisoned or anything like that. So this is what I'm saying of staying in him and communing with him. Basically, the long shot, you know, reminding the believers to do life with God. To continue yeah. doing. Life no, with I, God. I agree. And I so agree. now we, we we can't let we can't let success be a, be the trap that leads us away from God. And it can be, it can be. I have seen this happen. I have seen people who have never had any bad things really happen to them and and they fell away from the faith because they're like, what do I need Jesus for? And and that's the, that's the trap. You know, we remember that it's only because of his mercy that we're in, in good places. Right. So, and that can be taken away in the blink of an eye. And I think you can look at what has happened in Europe as an example of this. So, it's good to just keep our mind's eye on him, no matter what the circumstances, good or bad. Exactly. And so we're getting, we're running low on time here. And I just want to throw this out here and say, um, just some things just to keep in mind for you might be wondering, well, how do I keep God first or where do I start? You know, everything like that. Here are some of my suggestions. Alex, you can chime in if you have any suggestions as well. I suggest if you're trying to keep God first and seeking his direction in everything of your life, and just involving God in your life. Um, I think it's important to create a regimen of spending time with him daily and open communication with him daily. I think it's important um, to get in the practice of doing that daily. Some people always say like, oh, I can't hear from God or I don't know how to hear from God. Well, you know, if you don't commune with him, like if I don't hang out with Alex, of course I'm not going to hear from him. I'm not spending any time with him, Does you know. So, you know, God is not going to send the angel Gabriel for every one of us to give us a message, even though that would be easier. But no, we have to learn to be guided by the Holy Spirit who lives in us and create a regimen of spending time in his word and in his um, and in his presence and praying with him. And this should not be out of obligation in a religious legalistic sense, but out of a relational sense, sometimes because we know God is good you know, um, is a good God of grace and mercy. We slack on doing the things he tells us, but you know, disobedience is disobedience. So keep doing the things that he has told you to do. Keep being obedient no matter what. So that's one way of keeping God first in your life, no matter the circumstances or what's going on, keep God, keep God first by obeying what you already know what to do at this current moment. And then once he wants you to do something else, he'll lead you to do it. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to chime in on how to keep God first, Alex? No, I, I, I think you've covered it. I, I guess the other important part is if you're, if you're going to keep God first, you need to ensure that you're not trying to put yourselves in situations where sin is going to be a really easy thing to happen because that can derail like your whole 
walk with God and really cause a lot of stress and tension. So I think to me, and another way, how do we keep God first? It's that we check any kind of sinful desires we might have and then take steps to make sure we don't put ourselves in situations where those temptations can take root and become actions. Thanks for sharing. And I just want to read the scripture, like I mentioned earlier, the one in 1 Samuel um, 2.30. And like I said, this has been a scripture that has always been a theme in my life. And, you know, even when I've done boxing, when I've done had any situation come up where I've really needed God and everything, this is a scripture I've always stood on or like when I feel like, if I just essentially feel like giving up and just feel like, you know, doing my own thing, um, this is a scripture that always brings me back. And it's 1 Samuel 2.30. I encourage everyone to go back and read it themselves, read it in context, um, because the context is actually really important because it's about like a bad priest who didn't put God first, who didn't put his ordinance first. He didn't like put, basically didn't put God first. And this was God's response. And he, he said, those who honor me, I will honor but those who despise me will be disdained. And despise is kind of a harsh word, but um, one of the um, amplified versions or the other translations say that for despise is those who ignore me, I will ignore, essentially. So if you don't want God to, mm, yeah. if you don't want God to ignore you, you have to put him first and honor him. So for that's First Samuel 2.30, those who honor me, I will honor. And that to me says those who who respect me in my role as king of the universe, I will respect you. So that's what that means to me. So I hope our listening audience, did you have something to say? No, I mean, I think that's how that is, how I look at that verse as well, is, is that those who honor him with all of their actions and their decisions, uh, he will bring honor to them. And, and those who choose to ignore him, uh, uh, disdain really is, they're going to be lost, I think, at the end of the day. So that is a very sobering passage and a good thing to keep in mind for our listeners and ourselves as we continue on with life. Exactly. I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to the Paradigm Switch. Um, stay tuned to these announcements, and next week we will have another exciting episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.